For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 119 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kaser to discuss our week two waiver ads and our first trade segment of the season called All In, Check, or Fold. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Okay, week one in the books. Felt nice to be back in the saddle. Uh, fantasy football was a blast to get involved with. I uh, smashed a couple of my opponents, and I got smashed in a couple of my leagues. Uh, but we are back in it. Feels good to knock the rust off. I am joined once again by Lucas Kaser. Lucas, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. I, uh, gotta, I gotta start off the episode right away and clear the air so we don't, um, we don't have you uh, upset or anything throughout this podcast. Uh, what's going on in Denver? I, I wish I knew, honestly. That was the first time I've ever, like, actually turned off the TV for a game. Oh, I mean, it was also, like, 11.45 at night for me, but it was, yeah, it was bad. I don't even – I would think it would be better next game considering we kind of pulled it together at the end. Um, yeah, I don't – I think the Fangio had his, like, press conference or whatever, and he basically stated that he was sort of shocked. Not really disappointed, but just more so shocked, I guess, but – defensive coach I kind of expected a slow start but our defense are brutal I don't even know how that happened but I we'll see revenge game in uh or I don't know if it's in Chicago or it's at home but he has a revenge game against his old team so we'll see now are the Broncos kind of that off kilter right now or are the Raiders that good man I, I gotta be honest uh I, the Raiders looked pretty good last night um I, I mean, I don't. I'm not too high on them. Obviously, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, they came out super fired up. Of course, being at home, last Monday night game in Oakland before they go to Vegas, they're playing on the shitty baseball field um, like they do, like to do this time of year. But uh, honestly, man, they look pretty fired up, and I think they came out to prove that they didn't need Antonio Brown. As strange as that sounds, yeah, I think that's for sure. I think it was a little bit of they played kind of out of their mind. Like their defense looked amazing, which is kind of. Uh, that's not what I expected, I guess. And for as little of weapons they have, they somehow tore apart our defense. So I think it was sort of a statement game, but I expect who do they play this week. Chiefs. I, I would, I can't imagine that's a close game, but I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, they look really good. Right on. Well, I had to, I had to call it out real quick. You are the, the house uh, Bronco fan here on the podcast. Um, thankfully the, the Niners were able to pull up a, I thought kind of an upset down in Tampa Bay, which I was happy about their defense played a lot better than I thought, but um, let's get into week two, man. Let's jump right into the rankings. Uh, we're going to cover uh, my rankings for this week that are uh, of course up on the website that you can check out TCK uh, pod.com. And you can check out your articles. You want to let everybody know what's coming up this week. Yeah, so I guess you'll be hearing this on Wednesday. So the waiver wire article 
was posted yesterday, so Tuesday, but you'll be able to see it Wednesday, obviously. Start set will be out Thursday, maybe tomorrow if I get around to finishing it. And then your rankings, um, we haven't really started anything for the Listener League yet. We probably should try and figure out something to do. Something yep. for that. I don't really know how to... I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a recap episode actually. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll drop on Thursday. I'm doing it with the Commish uh, Fantasy Podcast. Super stoked to have those guys on and recap. They uh, they actually whooped my ass in, in the uh, TCK Listener League this week. Um, I had pretty much the guys that I had in all got injured, and I had uh, Sammy Watkins on the bench. Uh, so that didn't help me at all. But um, nonetheless, I got a spanking from those guys, and uh, we're gonna come on and have them on the podcast to uh, preview kind of our new TCK Pod. Uh, check-in um, recap episode each week. So um, I hope to have uh, multiple opponents from the uh, league on, and then obviously have you jump in and have Daniel and Curly and other people from the league jump in for those recap episodes. So that'll be a lot of fun. So we got a full slate for you as usual uh, kicking in the season, but let's get right into the rankings, man. Um, last week, uh, you know, pretty accurate all over the um, the place, but there was definitely some huge misses. Of course, I try not to judge too much uh, on injuries because you just can't, uh, you know, you can't really deal with injuries, uh, unfortunately, but um, you can't predict them at least. Uh, but we did pretty well last week and um, let's get right into the quarterbacks for week two and we'll do each position here and then uh, we'll get into our waiver ads and then a new segment that we're bringing back from last year, the all in check our fold trade segment from last year i know we had a lot of fun with so let's start off with the uh, quarterback rankings are there anybody in here that's raising an eyebrow for you right off the bat um not necessarily i guess lamar jackson at two and brady at three it, not necessarily like a question mark but i mean it makes sense obviously what they showed last week but it's it's kind of scary to see brady back up at the top again in terms of obviously regular football but uh fantasy football he hasn't been a top qb in a while um do you think what happened on Sunday will continue to happen for the Patriots um, against Miami. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, Miami just surrendered 59 uh, points to Lamar Jackson, who had a career game and obviously showed that he is for real passing the ball with five touchdowns, but you know, he's no Tom Brady and Tom Brady's going down there. He owns the dolphins anyway. Um, honestly, I could see the, the, Dolph- or the, the Patriots scoring, 40 points in the first half and then maybe not even using Brady. I will give the Dolphins a slim chance to make this somewhat competitive, at least for the first half, because uh, Brian Flores is now down there in Miami. And of course he knows the uh, Patriots offense well, but um, yeah, man, it is unique to see Tom Brady up that high, but Holy shit, they were on fire last week. They get Antonio Brown this week. I don't think he's going to do too much, um, you know, uh, but Again, just adding another weapon, having all four of those running backs on on full tilt. Um, they didn't even use a tight end. Uh, they don't need to. They don't. They, they don't need to. It's it's pretty incredible what they're doing. So yes, for this week with what I just saw on Sunday night against what should be a decent defense in Pittsburgh, um, against you know the worst team already uh, by far, the Miami Dolphins. Um, yes, I think Tom Brady will be uh, top five at least, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, just, you know, Arizona should be, a, should be a shootout, and, and he's going to be home in Baltimore. Um, he didn't even run the ball last week, and he was uh, absolutely on fire, and, and, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. So, um, yeah, I like, I like these a lot. One, one that I'm kind of curious about, I've got Deshaun at number four. I feel good about it because of what he did on Sunday night against a good uh, New Orleans defense. But 
Um, he's, you know, playing Jacksonville. However, this game is at home. It's in the division. And frankly, Pat Mahomes, um, you know, uh, railed the Jaguars this last weekend uh, without Tyreek Hill for most of that game. So I like Deshaun Watson here as well. Mm-hmm. And I think without uh, Nick Foles, it'll kind of just kind of it won't, it'll be more of a blowout than you think it would be. Yep. Um, so it'll kind of favor Watson a little bit. Totally agree. Um, I think that's all I have for quarterbacks. The rest is kind of, I mean, nothing too far off. I guess the only thing I see, you don't have Derek Carr in the top 24. Does that matchup kind of bump him above? Like, would you rather start Derek Carr or, say, like Kirk Cousins for the week? Honestly, um, oh, man. I mean, I have to believe that Kirk Cousins is going to have more than 10 pass attempts. Yeah, that's crazy. That was insane. Uh, in Lambeau Field, Rodgers is going to come back. I, you know, he had a, a decent game. They just had, you know, they were slowed up by the best defense in the league, by the Bears. I have to imagine that the the Packers catch a little more stride in the second week. Uh, Rodgers has a full week to prepare and then some. Uh, they're at home, and uh, this Vikings game should be a little bit of a shootout here. So I do like Kirk Cousins over um, – over uh, Derek Carr, uh, I, honestly, I should have swapped Derek Carr and Jimmy G. Um, Derek Carr looks good. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid fully yet, although I will say that a shootout with uh, Kansas City could definitely help out um, Derek Carr again. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Derek Carr at home, you're right. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on him a little bit. Um, I, I could see me swapping him out with uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm trying to hold faith for one more week that Jimmy G is, is actually going to be good. Uh, but God damn it, dude. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't wait too long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think it's more of a matchup play if, if you have to play that. Um, move over to running backs. I'm trying to see Dalvin Cook uh, all aboard the hype train there. He looked great. Oh, my um, God, dude. Yes, sir. Green Bay's – I can't imagine – I mean, obviously the Bears didn't really – it was kind of a fluke game, but I can't imagine Green Bay's run defense is much better than the Falcons, so that should be a good game for him. Yes. Um, Austin Eckler at 10. He's proven himself um, very much so in that Chargers offense. I kind of want them to extend him before they pay Gordon because that'd just be out of the, I think it'd be awesome because uh, he's in a contract here. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, and, and um, honestly, 10. man, he, he, he really showed his stuff. You know, it was kind of impressive to see – uh, what Austin Eckler was actually able to do in place of, of Melvin Gordon, because, you know, Melvin Gordon is, is, a, is an incredible back. However, I think we saw on Sunday that the system that the Chargers run is very good. So Austin Eckler, I'm not saying he's not a good back or that Melvin Gordon's, you know, replaceable, whatever. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, he was able to get three touchdowns, you know, had a, had a really nice screen play. I mean, he's a hell of an athlete, and now he's getting pretty much the full touches outside of, a ch- you know, a couple chunks from uh, Justin Jackson. But as long as they keep feeding him, man, Austin Eckler looks really good. And, um, you know, I I think this could be kind of a sleepy sh- um, a sleepy shootout as well. Uh, Detroit looked all right. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up tying the Cardinals, which is just ridiculous. It's kind of funny, yeah. But, but they looked really good in the first half. Um, Matt Stafford looked better. They got totally away from the run game, which I think is just foolish with with how they are trying to run things. So I was disappointed on carry on Johnson. But in general, I think that the Lions at home could actually put up maybe a game here against the Chargers, which should keep uh, the pedal to the metal for um, Austin Eckler in that offense. So, yeah, man, top 10. I I actually liked Justin uh, Jackson a little bit more than Austin Eckler coming into the season, believe it or not, um, just because I liked his uh, running style and everything else. But if they're going to use Eckler the way that they are, it's a no brainer. 
Mm, yeah, I think he had 77% snap share, and mm, that's – Dude, I mean, can't besides, beat like, your top dogs, that's, like, RB1 written all over it. Or, I mean, it should only go up. I would think it would only go up or stay exactly the same. Yeah, um, so absolutely. As long as Gordon's out, he's a – I mean, he's an RB2 that could be an RB1 every week. Um, I'm trying to think. Derrick Henry at 13, are you – is that kind of a matchup play, or are you kind of – I think it's going to be a game script at home, man. I, I really like this Tennessee defense. Um, I, I just – I believe in the Titans' defense, and I think that they're going to be able to slow down the uh, charge – or, excuse me, the Colts. Um, and being at home, you know, we saw what Derrick Henry was able to do. He just kind of fell into the end zone, which he's going to do, um, you know, possibly on a weekly basis. But we also take a, saw him take a screen to the house – against what should have been a good Browns defense. And I know we've buried the lead long enough for you and you've been Jones since Sunday to do it. So <laughs> let's, so let's just get the cat out of the bag here. Um, and, and talk about the Browns, man. Uh, you and I were texting over the weekend and, and I was just like, Holy shit. You know, I, I before you get into it, um, which I don't disagree with probably what you're going to get into, but I'm also not losing complete faith in the Browns in general. What I will say right off the bat is that, you know, Baker Mayfield came out with kind of a wrist injury. He had negative x-rays, you know, all is looking good there. I have kind of a hunch that he got a little bit of a mild concussion as well um, on one of the hits there. Uh, he was kind of thrown down, hit his head on the ground. And then from that point on, three picks on three separate drives, Baker Mayfield is extremely accurate. He makes good decisions. I can't imagine he's, he's that loose three drives in a row um, without something else going on. So either his wrist or his – his head was a little bit off there. I'm not making excuses for him. I've actually dropped him all the way down to QB 18 Thursday night against the Jets because that game is on the road. He's only got four days to prepare. I don't like that at all. Um, but I'll, I'll let you, you know, take on the Browns best you want to here. I just, I'm going to say that I'm not completely losing faith overall. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say they're bad, but I will say that they will not hit their 10.5 win total, like I said earlier in the year. Obviously, you saw their O-line was worse as they traded away their best O-lineman to – was that – I'm trying to think what trade that was in. I think that was an OBJ trade, Zeitler. Oh, uh, yeah, to I think the, it was, yep, to the Giants. Yeah, so I think it was more, yeah, you had OBJ, but you get the ball to OBJ, you have to have time to throw. Um, and I think that really showed because obviously the Titans put up quite a bit of points for a team with – I mean, it's an underwhelming offense. I, I'm not really going to say that they're – bad all of a sudden I just don't think I was just slow on the hype I guess and I, I said that in the earlier podcast I wasn't buying into the hype right away mm-hmm. um I would think they should beat the Jets if they if they put like they did last week it's, it should still be a game but I, I think there'll be some improvement and I haven't seen anything about Baker's hand or concussion or anything so he should be they play on Monday night too I think you said Thursday so he should oh, be I'm, fine I'm sorry it is it is uh Monday night you're you're absolutely right sorry about that yeah so I think even if Whatever is wrong with his wrist, I think he should be fine by Monday. But I don't know. I think – I mean, if they lose this game, then I think there's some room for panic a little bit. Sure. And, and my bad. The Thursday night game is uh, is uh, Carolina and Tampa. Um, my bad there. I read the schedule wrong there. So, yeah, I hear you, man. Um, again, I'm a little bit worried about Baker right off the bat, too. I started him in a couple of leagues uh, and didn't work out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other rankings in here, uh, just in general, that maybe I'll run by you as well. I've got Gio Bernard all the way up at 16 versus the Niners. Um, now, this is obviously completely predicated on Joe Mixon. 
Um, Joe Mixon's not looking good right now uh, and could be missing a couple of weeks. If Joe Mixon is out for a significant amount of time, Gio Bernard has pretty much been in RB2 at least in his absence over the last couple of years. How do you feel about Gio in general? I think if you're kind of – I don't know if I put him in the waiver article or not, um, but I think, yeah, he's in the top. Um, yeah, I think he was averaging 17 a game. I think I saw a tweet earlier, the games Mixon's out. I don't know if I would go all in on him in terms of like if you have like a fab league unless yeah. you really, really need a running back because Mixon seems to be like at maximum missing one game, but who knows? Mixon has an injury history. He could get banged up real quick. Uh, I know when Mixon did go out, Bernard, I think he got like an 80% snap share from yep. there on out. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of scary because they extended him. So who knows if they kind of get rid of Mixon maybe this offseason. And surprisingly, they actually put up a game against Seattle, which I was shocked by dude andy dalton looked really good man 418 yards without aj green that was was pretty saucy it's it's that sean mcveigh offense that's right that's really all it is that's right hey whatever 16 is a good spot for him (laughs) yep okay cool and then how do you feel about your boy philip Lindsay? we'll end here and we'll go over to the uh to the receivers they're playing versus the bears um i'm hoping uh, i'm hoping the broncos can score a point this week (laughs) we'll see uh in terms of fantasy this week don't really play him obviously um I think it was, he only out. It was fifty three to forty seven in terms of snap share, and I think it really showed that it was a uh, like fifty fifty split. Um, I think Royce got more carries, and obviously Lindsey got more catches. But I don't really know if either either of them is going to have much fantasy value for the year if it continues what it did last night. Because I mean, there's definitely better options than your flex and Philip Lindsey. But yeah, do not play him this week whatsoever. Fair enough. Let's get over to the receivers. I'm um, trying to yeah, Watkins all the way up at five. I, oh, that's just so sad to see. I just hate it. The only, I mean, this is you know why he's up there. First of oh, all, first of all, fucking two hundred yards and three touchdowns. You can't ignore. Secondly, I know the Raiders played well against the Broncos, but they're still the Raiders. And third, Tyreek Hill's out, man. I mean, if if Sammy, this is what we were talking about all preseason with drafting. If Tyreek Hill got hurt or he got further suspended, and Sammy Watkins became quote unquote Tyreek Hill then you wouldn't mind putting Tyreek Hill at number five, I would imagine, maybe even higher against the Raiders. So if Sammy Watkins, that guy, which in week one, he was, and then some like, yeah, it looks fucking crazy (laughs) to see him there. Mm -hmm. But like, I I mean, I, there's only four guys that I would put ahead of him, obviously. Uh, So I feel good about it. Yeah. I think the only thing with me, kind of like what I was telling um, my, my friend, he played, he had Watkins and he scored like 200 some points this week in like a standard league. I was just saying that kind of the Jags did their job in terms of guarding Tyreek and Kelsey. Obviously, Tyreek got hurt, but Kelsey only had like three catches, I think. Yeah. So I think they not necessarily sort of forgot about Watkins, but it kind of opened up the door for Watkins, um, which we'll get into our, oh shoot, the buy, sell, hold. If -hmm. you have Watkins, I would definitely try and move him. Like, I think. I guess you can hold on to him and try and see what happens. But I think you, as of right now, I think someone would flip Watkins for say like an Adam Thielen or like a Robert Woods right now. Okay. Well, we'll get into all in checker fold on the uh, later on in the podcast. And I'll let you dive deeper into that. Um, Keenan Allen, of course, you got to like a lot more with Mike, uh, Mike Williams banged up a little bit. Um, I got Juju down at eight versus Seattle. Uh, he's banged up, dude. Um, banged up his toe. They look like shit anyway, but the Patriots take away Juju. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're number one anyway, so I'm not super tripping on Juju, but that did not look good. Um, I've got another one up here. Uh, Michael Gallup, I've got all the way up at number 23. He looked really great. 
uh, even with Amari Cooper. I think uh, they're going to put on, um, you know, double coverage on Amari Cooper in uh, in Washington there. So uh, I like uh, Michael Gallup to have a nice game again. And it looks like uh, Dak Prescott's on full cylinders there. So I like that one a lot. And then I've got Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon back-to-back at 25 and 26. Either one of those guys could, you know, go you, go loose. But I don't know what's going to happen. Have you seen the Antonio Brown news? Yeah, I have. And honestly, I'm not going to bring it up on this podcast because um, it just by the time this episode drops, we'll yeah, probably have I another answer. So I'm not bringing it up on purpose. But uh, if anything actually comes of that, we will certainly break it down. Hmm. Um, and here's another name I want to just throw at you, man. Kind of a random name that not many people were talking about preseason. Um, Jamison Crowder, 17 targets. Uh, somehow only 19, 99 yards on 17 targets. But if Adam Gase does anything well, it's hit the, uh, hit the slot, man. They're playing against the Browns at home. I like that a lot uh, in that matchup. And, um, you know, it looks like Ward is going to be uh, probably on Robbie uh, Anderson. Mm-hmm. So Jamison Crowder is, I think, kind of a sleeper and, and certainly a uh, pickup off the waivers, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, I think – I'm trying to think. There's like 5.8 yards per – like catcher route. That's the only thing I think that would just throw up a red flag because he's obviously not going to get 17 targets a game for 16 nope. games. Like that's not. But yeah, we'll get into that next. Yeah, and and it's kind of that Golden Tate Julian Edelman thing. You know, I mean, yeah. you're just it's mm-hmm. it's a PP PPR only uh, situation there. Um, unless you have any more other receivers, let's jump over to the tight ends. Uh, nope, we move over. Okay, tight ends. I mean, the, you know, the big five or six remain the same. Kind of a slow game for for really all the tight ends, except for uh, Evan Ingram, who absolutely beasted out. O.J. Howard looked like shit, unfortunately. Hunter Henry, not much. Zach Ertz and Kittle should have had much better games than they had. You mentioned Travis Kelsey, only three catches. He did have 88 yards, though, so he's Mm -hmm. obviously a beast. Mark Andrews got his. Delaney Walker got two himself. T.J. Hawkinson, my man, getting it done over 100 yards uh, as a rookie there. You don't see that very often. The one I want to talk about is Darren Waller. Um, who I know is kind of a hundred percent snaps, hundred percent snaps, dude. That's and awesome. It is awesome. And it's a tight end and dude, watching him play, he, he's just like a bigger receiver. I mean, he's super uh, okay. athletic, yeah. uh, very fast. He's mon- I mean, he's huge. Uh, Darren Waller's a real deal, dude. And uh, the Raiders like to chuck it deep to Tyrell Williams and they're going to throw it over the middle to Darren Waller. I'm pretty sure that's the entire pass game for the Raiders. Yeah, I think the thing with these three is a lot of the time, like these week one, like fantasy finishes are kind of flukes. But I think with Waller, Andrews, and Hawkinson, I think we will see them in the top 10 week in and week out for the rest of the season because obviously the tight end position is slim. I mean, I think Delaney Walker caught two touchdowns too. Yep, he did. I, like that, mm-hmm. I didn't even pay attention to that until like after when I like looked back this morning at all the games. But yeah, Dar- the whole Darren Waller story, I actually didn't know about it until they were talking about it last night, that Gruden, like, watched him on the Ravens practice squad and, like, signed him, apparently. That's badass. And then, like, I, yeah, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, 100% snaps. You can't go wrong with that. Even if he would catch half the production he had last night, he's still a startable tight end. Um, Jared Cook, were you a little concerned about sort of his like outlook for the season yeah I mean concerned is kind of a strong word I I think it was more just like I expect him to be more involved but you know uh it just wasn't his game I don't expect Jared Cook to be a focal point of that offense ever uh Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara you know 170 yards I mean we're gonna see that every single week there Mm -hmm. there are gonna be weeks though where Jared Cook uh you know Michael Thomas gets double covered 
Uh, they take out, you know, Alvin Kamara, maybe. Uh, and so Jared Cook uh, kind of becomes that, um, you know, uh, second option. And all of a sudden, you know, he's going to break out for 10 and 102 touchdowns. I mean, that's going to happen a few times this year. Uh, so not a super red flag against the Rams. I'm not super stoked on it. But again, with the potential that he has, um, I had to keep him up in the top 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, he's obviously a top 12. You have to put him in the top 12. I don't know who you can put above him. No, and just with that with that offense and with the upside, you ha- I mean, you got to take a risk, you know. But we do this every single week. We do the rankings. There's going to be a random guy we're not talking about this week oh, yeah. that, that's like number fucking five somehow. And, uh, you know, we're, he's going to come out of nowhere. But you can't predict that kind of stuff. So that's what we're looking at here. Awesome. I think that's it for the rankings. Okay. And uh, the defenses and the kickers you can find on the website as well. So you can find the quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker rankings. I've got them all on the website. Again, check it out. TCKpod.com. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to follow us outside of the podcast, please like us and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And of course, you can drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Please also leave a rate and review on the podcast wherever you are hearing it. And make sure to check out our new website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, articles, start sick columns and our trade segment as well. Before we get into our waiver pickups and trade segment, all in checker fold, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call. And we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, let's get into week two waivers. These are guys that are probably under waiver wire. If they're not, uh, maybe take a, an eye on them. And if you can get them at a, a really low bargain in a trade, it might be worth your time. Um, I'll kind of let you know how I'm feeling about, you know, spending fab and things like that. But, you know, y- you want to be really careful with your fab in the first couple of weeks. And you also want to be careful with your top waiver priority. Um, if you have that, 
Uh, but at the same time, if you had a big injury this weekend or you are uh, dire straits at a particular position, now would be the time to use that up because um, it may not come around uh, later on. So let's get into the waiver ads for the quarterback position. And again, uh, make sure you view the website and check out uh, what Lucas has got brewing over there too, because he's got a lot more names on here um, than we're going to bring up now. But a couple names for quarterback. I've got Josh Allen facing the uh, Giants this week. I've got Andy Dalton face the 49ers and Derek Carr versus the Chiefs. All of these guys aren't super sexy names week in and week out. But again, if you're streaming QB or you're starting Jameis or you had Baker and you're upset or you had other options there that you're not really uh, in love with, then these might be some good options. A couple of uh, honorable mentions at the quarterback position for deeper two quarterback leagues, super flexes, Marcus Mariota, Stafford and Darnold all have plus matchups as well. Is there anybody else, Lucas, that you want to add in on the quarterback side? Um, the only one I'd add in for a two quarterback or super flex league would be Gardner Minshew awesome. uh, with Foles. Uh, obviously, I can't imagine he comes back this year. They didn't really give us a timetable. Uh, Foles, the, the, the earliest I've seen, the earliest he can come back is week 11. Yeah, which I think by then they won't even – because by then they'll either be hitting with Gardner Minshew or they'll be – Oh, and 11. So, I mean, it'll, <laughs> it'll kind of debate that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, a lot of super flex leagues, especially like home leagues or with your buddies, there will not be much quarterbacks left. So, he worth a look. Obviously, you can't expect much, but they should be down a lot of games to where they're throwing the ball. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, good call there. And for the running backs, Gio Bernard, I already mentioned against the 49ers, a lot of it's predicated on Joe Mixon. But, nonetheless, I think Gio is definitely worth a pickup. And if you have Joe Mixon, um, he's definitely a uh, viable handcuff for sure. Ronald Jones uh, heading into Carolina. Uh, he's the starter in Tampa Bay, and it should happen eventually. I know we're holding out faith, but you have a deep roster. Uh, he might be worth a stash. Malcolm Brown, um, two touchdowns uh, ahead of Todd Gurley this weekend. Uh, they're facing New Orleans, who you know kept uh, running backs in check last year and, and uh, pretty well. Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson did well Monday night, but Malcolm Brown looked really good there. My boy Raheem Mostert. Uh, against the Bungles, I really like this a lot. Uh, Tevin Coleman went down. Uh, Jerick McKinnon's already out of there. So Matt Breida is already the starter, which my bold prediction was he would eventually take over, and that happened in week one. So good there. And uh, Raheem Mostert is next in line. Um, so I like his pickup. And then Rex Burkhead, let's not forget about him. He looked great. Uh, Sunday night, getting a lot more work than Sonny Michelle and actually kind of outpacing James White as well. Uh, we can never really trust the Patriots, as they say, but Burkhead is certainly worth a stash against Miami, who, um, you know, they could be sitting their starters like a college team here in the second half. So we'll see how that works. And then AP, back in the saddle, man. Darius Geis, unfortunately, goes down again with his opposite knee. Uh, there's no real timetable on him, but he'll probably be out a few weeks at least. Adrian Peterson was inactive week one. He's coming back with the vengeance in week two versus Dallas. Those are my running back pickups. Anyone else to add? Uh, I think, yeah, I think one of them that Chris Thompson, if you're in a PPR league, I think AP seems like the favorite, but you got to remember it's the Dallas Cowboys defense. And obviously last week they let up a lot of rushing yards, but that was to Saquon Barkley. Um, so you can't really look at that like it's, oh, they have a bad run D, but Chris Thompson had I wrote it, seven, seven catches on 10 targets last week and Case Keenum somehow played good. I don't even know where that <laughs> came from. But he definitely uh, relied on him a lot. Um, so he would be worth – I think I would rank him over – I want to say everyone but Geo. The thing that I have with Malcolm Brown is he only played on 28.9% of the snaps. 
So I think that's more of a – they were just putting him in the red zone. So Gurley didn't take like a low hit to the knee or whatever. Just to, I think they'll slowly work Gurley back into form. So I would say it's probably Geo Thompson and then probably Malcolm Brown for me. I like it. Either way, man, start you know start gobbling up these these running backs. This is these are the type of guys that are just one hit away um, from uh, you know from extra work there. So good call. How about the receivers? Um, I've got John Brown uh, heading into uh, the Giants, so I've got Josh Allen and John Brown um, as pickups there. And then Jamison Crowder. We already mentioned seventeen targets. Obviously, that won't happen week in and week out, but he should avoid. Um, Ward this week, so uh, you could potentially fire him up against the uh, Cleveland Browns, and then John Ross looked great. Two long touchdowns versus the 40, um, uh, last week. He now gets the 49ers, um, who played really well against the Bucks last week. Uh, but Jameis was terrible, and Mike Evans was uh, sick. So um, you know maybe they'll get a mulligan there. But uh, nonetheless, I think without AJ Green in there, John Ross is proven to be viable. Hollywood Brown, twelve snaps. But he gets it done. Two huge touchdowns. He now gets the Arizona secondary. Terrible. DK Metcalf uh, led the Seahawks um, in uh, in receiving production uh, with you know uh, Tyler Lockett getting his token deep touchdown. But DK Metcalf is really the dude. And we just saw that the uh, Steelers got absolutely smoked deep uh, versus the uh, Steel. Um, Patriots on Sunday Night Football. And then McLaurin, one of those deep names you just mentioned, uh, Case Keenum. Uh, McLaurin is another one if you're in like a three wide receiver set or something like that. So those are some deep names at receiver. Anyone else you'd like to add there? Um, no, I can't. No one to add. I would say that Terry McLaurin is probably my favorite on the list, kind of surprisingly. Um, I think it mainly comes down to when I look at waivers, I kind of look more towards the season long uh, benefit, I guess you could say. Because I mean, how many times are you going to play like Hollywood in your lineup with confidence? How many times are you going to play DK? John Ross, for me, I'm not going to get him just because we all know AJ Green is coming back, mm-hmm. um, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can pick him up playing for a week or two, but especially if you're in fab, like every dollar counts. Even though it doesn't seem like it, it does count. Um, so, McLaurin, I have in the article too, is this probably my favorite wide receiver out of the week because he had five catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. And he was one um, any quarterback better than Case Keenum throw from another 70-yard touchdown, which I don't think many people – obviously very many people didn't see that because no one really like pays attention to the missed throws. But Dallas defense let up, I think, eight or nine catches to Shepard, and they didn't look that great against the uh, pass attack. Um, and you mentioned, what, Hollywood 12 snaps or something stupid like that. Yeah, so either he's got a, a crazy efficiency or that's going to fall way back down to earth. Yeah. So we just can't really tell. But, you know, again, if you're looking for deep names, here's some guys that produced mm-hmm. last week and, and, you know, could see continuous upgrade. Uh, but obviously with any waiver wire ad ever, you're you're tempering your expectations. But here's some names. Uh, a couple of tight ends and a few streaming defenses. Uh, at tight end, obviously, uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, great rookie debut, faced the Chargers this week. Uh, your boy Waller against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and then Jimmy Graham, um, who's probably drafted in most leagues. Uh, but I just wanted to mention him. He looked good. Uh, he has pretty much no speed left or hops, but he's still huge, yeah. and he's still a massive red zone target, especially when they're double covering um, Devontae Adams. Uh, he does play Minnesota, which I think is a plus matchup for Jimmy Graham just because, you know, uh, Rhodes is going to be uh, tight on Devontae, of course. And then, um, you know, that, that secondary is going to get rid of uh, 
uh, Valdez Scantling potentially. We didn't even see Geronimo Allison last week, so could be a little bit of a, a sneaky Jimmy Graham game as well there. So any more tight ends that you'd want to stream? Uh, the only thing I think with tight end is watch who your uh, league mates drop for tight end because guys yep. like mm-hmm. Olsen could be dropped, and he played on 93% of the snaps and had like eight targets. I'm trying to think who else could be dropped. I mean, uh, no, Hooper had a good game. Or not, any really one that has fantasy value that gets dropped, I would consider mid- – like, I'd rather have, like, a Greg Olson than John Ross, I guess, if that's what I'm trying to say. Just, so just watch carefully who they drop. Yeah, and, and a super deep name from the archives. Keep an eye on uh, on uh, Eifert, Tyler Eifert. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really do much in the first game, although they were, you know, the Bengals were on fire. Uh, but he did play, and he's back. And we've seen him score 13 touchdowns in a season before. So if he can get healthy, he's definitely a sleeper there. And then a couple streaming defenses before we get into our trade segment. Um, I've got, you know, right up at the top, uh, streaming defense. I've got the New England Patriots playing the Miami Dolphins. That'll be nasty. They just took care of the Steelers. Now they get the Dolphins. <laughs> this might be a shutout here. Carolina gets uh, Jameis, who's a little flustered, as you can tell. Um, they always play uh, uh, Tampa Bay pretty well anyway. Um, and then uh, all these teams are at home, by the way. So New England's at home. Um, mm. and, uh, uh, Carolina and Tennessee, um, versus the Colts. Uh, the Colts actually look pretty good. Marlon Mack was an absolute fucking savage. Uh, T, um, T Y Hilton got his and Jacoby Brissett looked all right, but this, uh, Titans defense, I think is, is for real that shut down the Browns and, uh, the jets get those Browns who, um, are, you know, obviously distracted. Baker's pretty fired up on, on all the comments, which we'll see how he actually handles adversity this year. Odell's wearing a fucking $350,000 watch, which clearly tells yeah, you that, what like, the hell? he doesn't give a shit about the team. It's more about his, uh, you know, agenda, which is just fucking lame. Um, and we'll see what happens with that defense. But I like the Jets as a, a deep uh, streamer. And then the Giants versus the Bills. Uh, the Giants are not good by any means, but they are at home. Um, and this is kind of the battle in New York. And uh, this could potentially get, um, get uh, you know, if they get Josh Allen on a bad game on the road here, uh, this one could get ugly potentially. So I kind of like the Giants in a super, uh, super sleeper opportunity there for streaming defenses. Mm, I'm trying to think. Cowboys, if they get dropped, they have the Redskins or they're there. Uh, I'm just trying to envision any other ones you missed. Uh, yeah, this, vice versa, this, Buffalo versus New York mm-hmm. uh, could be a good one too. The Steelers, uh, the Steelers could potentially get dropped um, as well, just because uh, of how much they got shellacked. And I don't think they're going to be very good in the next week or two. But the Steelers are kind of always slow going. You know what I mean? Like they pull it together mm-hmm. in the second half of the season. So just keep an eye on on good overall uh, defenses there. Let's get yep. into our final segment of the episode, man, and we'll get out of here. This is something we're bringing back from last year, and uh, this is a fun one that we're going to do throughout the entire season when we do this episode um, on uh, Wednesdays. This is going to be all in, check, or fold. It's the poker theme. It started with our league of record, which is the all in, um, all in, you know, uh, check or fold fantasy league that we started a, a decade ago. Um, but really it's just, you know, all in is essentially trading for a player check is to wait on that player and see what happens. And then folding is obviously trading away. So uh, we're just going to go through each um, uh, section here and just name off some names that you may be able to jump on at value. 
uh, some players just to wait on to not trade for or trade out, just kind of sit on them another week or two to see how things develop. And then the folding players or team or players that you can maybe sell high uh, right now to, to try to catch some value uh, while you still can. So let's start right now with the all in segment here. Um, these are players that we're trading for. Um, I have an, uh, a big list here um, that I'm just going to whip through really quick, Lucas, but I want you to think about some players maybe that are uh, off of this list that maybe, you know, you can uh, you could potentially capitalize on here at, at any position, obviously, um, that you might want to go through. So the trading four players, these are players that I would go out and try to buy low, as crazy as it might sound with these names, but go try to buy them low off of their uh, poor performances in week one. Devontae Adams, James Conner, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Kittle, Ertz, Juju, Tyreek Hill, who's hurt, of course, um, Carrion Johnson and Baker Mayfield. So it might sound crazy that anybody would even trade any of those guys, but if there's a time to get them, it's this week. Yeah, I think I'm trying to, I think the only ones that might be a stretch, but I mean, every league's different are Adams, Evans, Juju and Tyreek, just cause they're such elite receivers. Um, I mean, you could try, I guess, but I'm trying to think James Conner, I think is a huge one. Um, I'm just trying to think. Someone was tweeting out kind of like the negative. There was like a game script tweet about like all the person that game scripts, but he still had five, four catches, five catches. I don't know. Yep. Still played well. Yeah, they were down by two touchdowns before they even could blink their eyes. So I think Mm – I I would think James Conner owners were going to be a little nervous because he was going towards the end of – like the Labor Day weekend. He was going like end of round one. Yep. Um, So he's definitely a buy – I'm trying to – Kittle and Ertz, if you can, that'd be huge. Um, just because it's such a positional advantage, like we talk about all the time. Well, a big one, a big one with Kittle in particular is he he had two touchdowns negated by penalty. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you don't see those in the score box, but that makes Jimmy G have a much better game, and that makes Kittle have easily the tight end one game of the week. But that wasn't the case. So again, if people are sleeping and they just look at the fantasy uh, numbers when they wake up on Tuesday. Those are the people you can go snake away. So I bring this up because there's guys like, obviously, Antonio Brown's his own shit show right now. But there's certain guys like Sammy Watkins, right? Um, you know, guys that uh, – Marlon Mack that absolutely blew up this week. And you're going to want that production on your team, but those are players that maybe you can capitalize on if somebody's really disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Like Tyree mm-hmm. kills out. Sammy Watkins had 200 yards. Devontae Adams and the Packers look like shit. Maybe you could make that trade. It sounds insane, I know, but it's worth <laughs> it's worth going for it because I would much rather have Devontae the rest of the season. Um, but uh, you know, Baker's another one uh, if you're going two quarterbacks just because of how terrible they looked. And then Carry On Johnson, I think, was just game scripted out and they just didn't use him much. But he's still the superior athlete uh, on that offense there. And Stephon Diggs was a little bit banged up. He had a rough. Um, game of course Kirk Cousins only yeah. had 10 10 attempts and then Mike Evans was just straight up like battling illness and almost didn't even play so I think he'll be fine moving forward as well but all these guys had down weeks potentially go buy them low and I would give a shot uh let's get into the check section these are guys that we're going to wait on and I just mentioned Sammy Watkins uh I'm going to wait on him obviously he blew up but we're going to see if that's for real every single week certainly could be uh, Brandon Cooks is one who had a pretty lackluster game. Uh, Josh Gordon, who actually looked really nice, uh, had, a, had a beastly touchdown. But now Antonio Brown comes to town. We'll see what happens with him. Marvin Jones, who I'm actually really high on, uh, but he kind of was the uh, low man on the totem pole this week in uh, what should have been more of a shootout for uh, 
the Lions against the Cardinals. And then Joe Mixon, again, a lot of that has to do with just um, his injury. He might be a buy low as well um, right now, potentially. But um, I like these guys here uh, as far as the, you know, kind of check and wait um, players. Is there anybody here that you were impressed with or not impressed with, but you're not quite ready to make a move on? I think, uh, actually, I'll give an example. I literally just traded probably, I don't know, four hours. I don't know. Today I traded uh, Gordon and Michelle for Cooks. I mean, it may seem like I overpaid a little bit. Uh, I guess I can kind of give. So Michelle was my running back four, and Gordon is my wide receiver four. Four, yeah, four. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I mean, obviously Cooks didn't have a good game, but the thing with Cooks is you have to realize that Goff's home and away splits are like, yeah. Night, little bit night and day, I guess is the word to kind of explain it. Um, so I basically flipped Gordon and got Cooks, and I have Godwin too. So it's kind of like an example of sort of what I did. So I think I would put Cooks in the all-in category. Okay. Because um, obviously, I mean, he I don't I don't remember how many targets he got, but he obviously had the least amount of catches. Um, and that translated to the least amount of points. But he's the big boomer bust guy there mm-hmm. in a game like the Saints this week, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, I think he should – I mean, he should have a big game. So, we'll see. And at home. Um, yeah, and at home. Um, Watkins, I would definitely, like I said earlier, move into the fold or trade away category. I definitely think your example of, like, Watkins and Mac for either, like, Adams, Evans, Juju, Hill, I, I definitely think someone would take that. Um Especially if you kind of sell off the whole like Tyree kills out wide receiver one sort of thing, because um, I mean he's not going to put up forty points a game. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Gordon, I would I would say probably fold just in light of Antonio Brown's coming back, and I think it's kind of hard to play a wide receiver three on the pair. I mean, maybe wide receiver four with James White and now Rex Burkhead, and there's just too many weapons there. I think where I can be comfortable playing him. Uh, I think so. I think Marvin Jones and Mixon are probably the only ones I would keep for sure. And the thing with Jones that kind of scares me now with TJ Hawkinson is I think he might sort of lose that touchdown dependability that people drafted him for. Really? Yeah, because uh, Hawkinson really kind of showed himself there. I, I think that's a that's a good call. And and uh, you know I like Marvin Jones a lot. I've liked him uh, for the last couple of years and he was really, he was better than Galladay quite a bit last year before he got hurt. Um, but you're right with, uh, with kind of the, uh, the new sheriff in town there with Hawkins at least week one, let's not, you know, get too, oh, yeah, too right. crazy per se. However, uh, kid's a beast. <laughs> He's a first round mm-hmm. pick and he, he obviously showed that. So that was really great to see. Let's get into some fold players, man. And we will get out of here. These are players we're looking to trade away. Um, Amari Cooper for me, uh, Tyrell Williams, Philip Lindsay, John Ross, and Lamar Jackson. These are all players that uh, either played, you know, very well this week and we don't expect it to continue or just trying to avoid things. So I'm going to talk about Amari Cooper and Philip Lindsay. And, um, you know, I'll let you either talk about the rest or I can cover them as well. And you could talk about whomever else I'm missing. Amari Cooper for me looked fine. Michael Gallup is the truth. Amari Cooper is is battling this this uh, plantar fasciitis situation, somewhat of an ankle foot sprain. He seemed to be fine, but that's the whole thing that we're talking about. There are going to be weeks where it doesn't bother him and he's fine. There are also going to be weeks where he might be a late scratch. I frankly don't want to deal with that, especially if I can go trade nothing for Michael Gallup and end up swapping them. Honestly, I would trade straight up Amari Cooper for Michael Gallup right now. 
um, just to have have the other one because I'm not confident that Amari Cooper will keep up throughout the season. And Philip Lindsay, man, I'm I'm really worried about your boys uh, in general. I said uh, all off season that I think Royce Freeman will eventually outpace him, which seems uh, easy if Royce Freeman <laughs> got work, uh, but he's not getting much, mm-hmm. and when he does, he's getting stuff too. So that that offense just just looks anemic outside of uh, you know Cortland Sutton accidentally had a, a good game, but it didn't seem that way um and uh you know emmanuel sanders they finally used late um but it was a little a little too little too late so i'm worried about those two guys and i would i would like to get rid of them as soon as possible and see what i can uh see what i can uh, possibly turn uh for them yeah i think the thing with the cooper too is kind of people don't realize they're gonna extend Dak here pretty soon and they like they literally won't have the money for cooper unless he takes like I don't even know what the, not what he's going to expect to get. So they could obviously trade him away uh, before the deadline too, which, I mean, he could obviously go to a really good team or something. But I think, yeah, I'm with you on Cooper. I never really was a big fan. And I don't even know how many catches he had. But I know he had the one long touchdown. But Gallup definitely showed that he is um, slowly taking over the wide receiver one there. Uh, Lindsey, if you can trade him, yeah, I think it's kind of a good deal. Maybe you could get like a – a Brita or maybe even Michelle could be, I mean, we could have put Sonny Michelle on the all in trade for, he had like one, he had like 15 total yards, but I expect that to go up. Uh, I'm trying to think of those. Tyrell Williams. I definitely would think is a uh, sell. If you watch the game, which probably most people didn't, cause it was like at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. Uh, the Broncos like cornerback four was covering him. Uh, Isaac, Yadam. it's, he won't be starting much longer here, but, it's because uh, Bryce Callahan was out. He just got manhandled. Like, they just put one-on-one coverage to him. And I don't expect the Raiders' defense to be this – or offense to be this effective the whole year. So, I think you could definitely, like, package – you could probably package, like, Cooper and Williams or something or Cooper and – or Williams and, like, Lindsey and maybe get, like, a Josh Gordon or a Marvin Jones or, I don't know, someone that you feel more confident playing every week. Um, I put on Lamar Jackson here. I think the only way I would move him is if I'm, like, upgrading to, like, a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson. But besides that, I would hold him uh, just because he is going to be a QB1. But, obviously, you'd rather have Mahomes than Lamar Jackson. How about Lamar Jackson for Rodgers? I don't know. That's hard. I I, I feel like the common answer would be six-point passing touchdown Rodgers. But if they're going to throw five – I mean, he's obviously going to throw five touchdowns, but – if he's going to throw half that at two or less than half that at two, that's about all Rodgers is going to throw for. I can imagine a game. Uh, that, that's hard. That's a good uh, – I'd say Watson, Mahomes. Oh, I don't know. Like, it's hard because I can't really think of – like who would you – Watson and Mahomes, and that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. How about Matt Ryan for you? Um, I actually have Lamar Jackson and Matt Ryan in the same team, like my main super flex. I think, honestly, I would kind of wait. For... Yeah, I'd wait on that because Matt Ryan kind of has tough, a sort of tough, tough matchup against Philadelphia. And I think that offense is going to be because Lindstrom, their main O-lineman, I think is out for the year. Mm-hmm. So you could wait another week on him. That's kind of crazy that you're, we're comparing Lamar Jackson to those three. Hey, man, it's, <laughs> it's crazy because it happened. But this is what everybody said could happen. That's why mm-hmm. fucking fantasy football is amazing. Because we just talk a bunch of shit all preseason. 
that we somewhat believe in, but it sounds crazy at the time. And then we start playing games and the shit starts to unfold. And all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, this kid's actually really good. Now it's the dolphins and they're, they're, they're a high school team. I get it. But I mean, he looked good. Right. And I'm not going to say he's going to throw five. He probably won't even fucking throw three touchdowns many more times this season. But he's going to start running the ball. He didn't have, he didn't have to run the ball, dude. And he's still, you text me. And we're like, dude, it's Lamar Jackson season, and he hasn't even run the ball yet. I know, like, right? that's insane, like, right? And he had six rushing yards on three attempts, and I think last year he was probably averaging around 10 to 15. Oh, like, when he absolutely. when he didn't have Marquise Brown and Andrews. And, yeah, and he has Arizona and Kansas City, the next two matchups, I believe. I know they're pretty, they're yep. pretty easy, mm-hmm. and he gets to play. I mean, if the Steelers' defense looked as bad as it did twice this year, uh, Bengals twice. We'll see what the we'll see what the Browns are too. Yeah, they they should they should bounce back a little bit. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, trying to think, Marlon Mack, like you talked about on this list, I'd move over Watkins. I'd move over Gordon. I mean, you really can't sell him like super high, but you could probably use him in a package. Um, now, do any Walker maybe? Oh, I like. Li- like I like that package. Him. I like that a tight end. Yeah. Hey, really quick, let's end on this. Um, what is your thought process on when you're doing trades in general? Just don't think of particular players per se, but like a, um, a running back, like two running backs for, a, uh, you know, upgrading to a better running back. Right. So let's just throw out random names. Um, you know, let's do Marlon Mack and like Philip Lindsay for, you know, Zeke or something like that. You feel good about that. I'm sure. How do you feel about it when you're crossing positions? So you're doing like two running backs for, you know, um, you know, Mike Evans or something like that, or, uh, you mm-hmm. know, you're trying to capitalize on Devonte Adams. So, you know, you go with, with, uh, you know, some lower tier guys running back wise, but you're able to upgrade. It's all team dependent. I know is the easy answer, but how do you generally feel about that? Do you want to go position for position? How do you, um, how do you generally handle your trades? I guess if I had to give like one sort of way I think about it, I look at sort of, so say, I don't know, say I had Devontae Adams, which I do in one of my leagues. I am not going to trade him. But say someone offered me three, just for example, like Marlon Mack, Josh Gordon, and we'll use Tyrell Williams in this example. I think the way I would do it is I've, I would look at would I play all three of those guys from here on out, obviously like bye weeks pending, but from here on out to the playoffs, obviously those three guys are going to score more points a week than Adams will. Like, I mean, unless they just don't score or whatever, but – if they average 10 points a week, which they most likely will, Adams is not going to score 30 every week. So you kind of have to play with the numbers a little bit. It's kind of the way I would say it. Cause you really can't like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to cross positions because if it's a good trade and it helps out my yeah. team in terms of points per game, I'm definitely going to. So I think the big thing would be, which it's hard after week one to know how many points per game they're going to get. But say you take Adams last year, he was getting, 20 how you could you probably say in ppr if the three players i'm getting that will start on my team every week are going to score more than 20 then i would do the trade in a heartbeat fair enough so trade dependent and making sure it helps your team also a trade tip when you all get into this i know a lot of you have already started hitting me up um on the uh ig dms which is great uh some facebook as well twitter um, feel free to email us. We're, we're collecting all of them. Um, and I will get back to you ASAP. And, uh, once you start collecting them throughout the season, when the trades pick up, we'll have, uh, I'll, I'll bring on some of those trade questions here and, and Lucas and I can break them down for you. Um, one thing I want to just make clear here, uh, about trades, you obviously want to win the trade, but so does your partner. 
And it really matters that you have integrity in your league or people just aren't going to do business with you. So if you're sending shitty, unfair trades to people that fucking know what they're doing, you're going to get laughed at. And then no one's going to do business with you, whether you're legit or not moving forward. So don't cut your feet off early being a jackass and sending shitty, unfair trades to people um, who obviously know what they're doing and they're just going to deny you and then cross you off of their trade partner list. You don't want to do that, especially early in the season. So make sure that you are giving value to that team as well when you're taking value. So if you're proposing a trade, you want to look at their roster and you want to say, Hey man, they could, you know, they're really hurting on running backs. Well, you know, Derek Henry uh, and Philip Lindsay are my running back three and four. Uh, they've got four really quality receivers and I'm looking at Godwin, right? If I take Godwin off their team, it doesn't hurt them. They could use Henry and Lindsay who I don't need anymore. So that seems like a fair trade. Boom. Right. You can put that in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, what you don't want to do is, is, uh, you know, just start throwing a bunch of trades around hoping people will bite uh, because it goes around the league pretty quickly. And you want to be careful that that isn't your style. Um, you want to make it personal. You want to send that person a message. Don't just send them a general ESPN Yahoo, you know, random trade invite that they're not going to see until it goes by anyway. Um, make sure you hit them up and be like, Lucas, man. Hey, you know, uh, I saw that you had uh, Devonte Adams. He struggled a little bit this week. Um, you know, I'll take a risk on him, man. How do you feel about, you know, uh, Sammy Watkins, right? He blew up, Tyree Kills out, blah, blah, blah. What are you feeling? And have a conversation about it. And then you can discuss what each other um, are looking into and making sure you're bringing value to your opponent, which I know sounds uh, kind of silly, but it, it matters a lot in the integrity of your league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be the – I don't know, like whatever the term would be for that, that trade guy. I don't know, whatever you want to call it in your league. But, yeah, it's literally think about it as anything else. Like you want value in return if you're trading literally anything. You're exchanging something in real life. So it's it's a, bus- but, it's a business proposition. Yeah, but I would say for one thing for trades, this is the week to take advantage Absolutely. of like Evans, Adams. Because after that, I'd imagine Evans is going to come back and not have one catch this week. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's – yeah, this is the week to take advantage. So send those out before, I guess, well, Sunday. But Thursday is probably the better time to get your trades done for the week. Excellent. Well, that was great, man. A lot of fun as always. That was uh, that was our week two um, breakdown. That was the rankings. You can check out on the website, of course. We got the waiver wire article from Lucas as well. Our first all-in check or fold trade segment. We wish you the best of luck in week two. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And make sure to check out our new website, tckpod.com, for my weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. If you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on our social medias. It really does make the difference for us and mean the world to us as well. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.